you know what, Jim Rutherford? Thank you for leaving. Thank you yeah. so, so very much. He did us a favor. Jeff Carter was a good move. Welcome to Where's My Steak if you're new, and welcome back if you aren't. I'm Christy. And I'm Danielle. Okay, so the last time we recorded, we probably didn't pick like the best time to record, but whatever. So a lot of things have happened, including the trade deadline and a bunch of other stuff. So we're going to go through that really, really quickly just to give our opinions, our two cents really quick. So first, Vancouver, they return to play on Sunday the 16th. And right now they're slated to play about 19 games in 30 days. And last time we recorded, we were kind of just like, well, we don't think they're going to end up playing their games at all. And the NHL proved us wrong and made us a liar. The Canucks, they were kind of slated to play that Friday in a back-to-back. And it wasn't until JT Miller kind of said something saying like, hey, like, we're always trying to say that the number one priority is that our players are safe and they're healthy. And it's impossible to achieve that with what they were being asked to do. And then the NHL... The NHLPA spoke to some Canucks players and then they pushed the games back to like two days. So instead of playing Friday and Saturday, they were playing Sunday and Tuesday, which I mean, I guess. I cannot believe that they ended up playing. Like I just, it's just baffling to me. But when I look back on it, I'm also like, why did you think that the NHL would do the right thing for their players? Like, that's like, I'm the dumb one for even thinking that they would consider to do something right for their players. And like, kudos to JT Miller. Like, I I think in the whole situation, we were all just like from the outside saying like, what the fuck's going on? Like, NHLPA, dot, 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 question mark. And like, he came out and he spoke. And that's like, I mean, we don't see that a lot from players. So good for him for feeling like, you know, I need to speak on this. And um, he had the support of all his uh, teammates. So that, I mean, that's a, that's a plus, but like, it really makes me question the NHLPA. And I think the more or the longer I'm a hockey fan, the more I'm just like, what the NHLPA, like (laughs) you guys are shitty. Yeah. What do you do if you, if it's not advocating for them? Like what genuinely do you do? And this was just another one where it's like, they blatantly just ignored a lot of the concerns that players had to the point where a player needed to speak up to the media for something to get done. And like you said, it was only two days, but it seemed like they needed those two days. Vancouver shouldn't even be playing anyway, but I don't know. And, you know, (laughs) they came back and they played the Leafs twice and then they beat the Leafs, which was always nice to see in a petty way, but like it, it, they still shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, like JT Miller was saying, like we're, we talk about player safety being like the number one priority when we're putting players in this really, really catch twenty two sort of situation. Um, yeah. And then I this kind of ties into Robin Leonard and kind of what he was saying. So he kind of came out last week and basically said that the NHL promised players a more relaxed version of current protocols once all the players were vaccinated or yeah and then a majority of the golden knights players have been vaccinated and he was saying that the league hasn't followed through on that and then he kind of clarified his statement saying that the league said that if 85 percent of our travel party 
are vaccinated, then the rules would be changed. And then he said that he was shown like what the NBA is doing. And that kind of convinced him to get the vaccine because he was kind of on the fence. I think some of the relaxed protocols that they were hoping for were things like being able to have players over to their houses for dinner, like visiting each other's um, hotel rooms and just slightly relaxed COVID um, testing. And of course, the league refuted this saying, Bill Daly said that it's been a map. It's been a matter that's been raised and discussed as between us and the NHLPA, but no decision to modify um, the protocols has ever been made or communicated to anyone. And um, Danielle, before I get your kind of opinion, Robin Leonard was basically just like saying like this year has been really, really tough on the players, just mentally being isolated from their families, being isolated from other players on the road. And that when, I guess when he spoke to the NHL, they were saying that he, they don't want to give teams like um, Vegas a competitive edge to have um, more relaxed COVID protocols. And that like, that blew his mind because he's just like, it's not a competitive edge here. We're talking about like mental health, like being able to communicate with someone when you know that you know they're all safe and vaccinated that's where he was coming from but yeah it's it it's just been tough and i don't the way other people have been talking about it they they basically are insinuating that that has not happened like they haven't had those talks but i don't know it's just messy yeah, it is. Uh, we'll have a link to an article that goes into more depth of what Leonard said. You know, I've seen people very upset about what he said. And I think one of the things that they were mostly uh, upset about was that he said he fe- Leonard said that he felt like he was in a prison because of the, the protocols that um, the NHL has, like the strict protocols they've mm-hmm. put in place for this past year. And, you know, I don't have like, I mean, obviously... Is he in prison? Actual prison? No. Like, no. And Leonard is a millionaire. And I get I get those aspects of it. But I don't think that he should be penalized for speaking out on something like this, first and foremost. Like, the what the NHL is doing, like, if the NHL and the NHLPA said, hey, if you get this vaccine, you're we're going to be able to lighten up on this. I have no doubt that the NHL and the NHLPA promised them things that they weren't able to deliver on. Like, I have no doubt because of look what happened last year in the bubble. And players are were so triggered, they do not want to be back in that bubble format that they probably said yes to a lot of different things. And here is Leonard saying like, okay, I got the vaccine. I did all this stuff. When am I going to be able to be around my teammates? When am I going to be able to, you know, be, be out and about? Yeah, like what? When am I going to be able to get a little a semblance of normalcy? And which, like you know, there's people like you know in Maryland, they've relaxed a lot of the the stuff that they they um, since the like vaccines have been going out, they've relaxed a lot of like you know curfews and stores being open longer and the amount of people that are allowed in, to be in there. Now, am I saying that's the right thing to do? No, but I'm saying that. 
I like, I mean, there's people in this, I mean, obviously state of Maryland that have gotten va- uh, the vaccine. And so they're able to live a little bit more of a normal life pre COVID. And that's all Robin Leonard's asking for. Like that's <laughs> like, he's saying this was promised to me and now it's not. And like, I'm telling you, I'm telling everybody I'm not having a good time. Like I'm not doing okay. Like for mentally, like this is strong. This is hard for me. And I'm very much of an introvert. So like this year has not been hard for me, but I know people who are extroverts and need that communication, conversation, being around other people for their mental health and that it's taken a toll on them. So like I, I sympathize with Robin Leonard. Like I, I get where he's coming from and I, I, I feel bad. Like I know that COVID has hit a lot of people worse than this, but I still don't, I still feel bad for him. And I think that, a lot of the conversations on Twitter and people being mad at him and attacking him. And he came back, he came out on Twitter and said like, listen, I apologize for the way that I framed it. And, but I'm like, I, for my health, I like, I'm speaking on this because of my mental health. Like I'm not doing okay. And we were promised something and we're not getting it. And that's my biggest issue. And I do, I get that. I completely get that. And like Robin Leonard, because he's been such a big advocate for mental health and like the NHL because of his, um, personal stuff like he's like people are coming to me and they're saying like you know they're not (laughs) they're not doing well and I think he was just like like in the future like this what we've been through this year is going to have long-term effects on people's mental health like we're not meant to be isolated for this long and like him being bipolar he's just like that's the worst thing that you can do is have me isolate for this long and they're not asking for they're not asking to be able to go clubbing every, like, in Vegas every day. Like, he's just like, I just want to have dinner with my teammates, talk to someone else, and not just look at my four walls mm. in the hotel room. And, like, I get it. Like, when you're vaccinated, that doesn't mean, like, whatever. You have a blank check to do literally everything. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, he can have dinner with his other vaccinated teammate. Like, he can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And you're right. And, like, I didn't even think of the aspect as the fact that, like, he's been such a big advocate for speaking up about mental health that people, like, his teammates and other people in the league probably have reached out to him and been like, hey, like, I'm not doing okay. Like, what should I do? And, like, that puts him in a tough position because he's not a mental health expert. No. Like, he is someone who experiences this. And so that, I'm not saying, like, that putting that him taking a lot of the brunt of that is probably weighing on him as well. So I just, the whole situation is so unfortunate. And again, it just makes me question the NHLPA, like what are you doing to help advocate for the people you are meant to advocate for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like the last thing, like when, well, Robin Leonard said that the NHL, whatever, told him that until like all the other teams have been equally vaccinated, that's when they would relax things. Like, that is, that's ridiculous. Like, what does what another team does have to do with me and my teammates? Like, I feel like that's absolutely bonkers to be like, yeah, we don't want to give you a competitive edge because you got to hang out with your teammate. So you guys can't have these liberties. Like, what? To me, it's like, so you know that teams are struggling mentally and like the team morale is struggling and down because these players can't be around each other and form bonds and and because that's like a big part of it i know that's like weird to say but like team camaraderie is a huge part of 
teams and like the, getting momentum and like being happy and healthy and playing well on the ice. So it's like, you know that, you know, this is fucking with teams and you're like, well, listen, like everybody has to be miserable. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like not one team can be happy because they're able to go to go to dinner together. Like, like that is insane to me. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we doing that? And like Robin Leonard is so right that like when we look back on this in a year, maybe two years later, there's going to be a lot of like damage that was done to players. Because I know that, like, I know Kevin Hayes has talked about it. He's on the Flyers. He's talked about, like, yeah, it's, like, completely different. It's so it's so weird not being with the guys and, like, that just weighs on you mentally. And mm-hmm. so, like, there's people that are, extro- like, extroverts. They need to be around people. Yeah, like, they need to be around people. It is, I mean, to me, like, saying that is just, like, wild because like, the opposite. It's, like, I need alone time <laughs> to recharge. But other people need to be around people to recharge. And it's just, I don't know. It's just so sad. And I guess it's different, like, if you're in a relationship versus like if you're a single guy in the NHL like you are by yourself Mm -hmm. especially if you had to isolate for COVID protocol or whatever like Mm -hmm. you're by you're by yourself you don't even have your family to bug like it's just I, I, I don't understand and I don't know if the NHL has come out and said that you know they might consider it given Leonard's comments but I feel like they should because like we're so like we have months left of this still. like give them a yeah, give them something um so kind of moving on so the trade deadline came and went but we're still going to talk about a little a couple of things that might be relevant to us in the east so Taylor Hall he is now a Bruin and in seven games with Boston, he has six points, and he's looking um, he's looking good. Unlike in unlike in Buffalo, <laughs> he was so bad in Buffalo. He was very bad in Buffalo. He did not care, and he wanted out. And I don't blame him. Anthony Mantha traded from Detroit to um, Washington. He has six points in six games, and the piece that oh well, Danielle, you kind of wanted to talk about him. Oh, no, I just, I brought up Verona because, like, he's doing well in Buffalo, I mean, in Detroit, too. Like, the trade, it was, like, Mantha for Verona, Mm -hmm. and Verona went back to Detroit, and Verona had a four-goal game in Detroit. I think they beat the Stars. And, I mean, he I think he has six, uh, five goals in, like, six games. Um, That's good. So... I mean, the like, Detroit's not going to get into the playoffs. But I didn't want to say, like, I was surprised that the Caps got rid of Jacob Verona. Like, he's a good player, in my opinion. To me, I thought that he he solidified himself in the top six for the Capitals. But, I mean, I guess they felt like he wasn't what they needed right now. And so, you know, the last time I spoke to a Caps person, they were saying that the Caps are just trying to win another cup before Ovi and Backy uh retire so like these younger players like Burakovsky Burakovsky and Verona they're not like they don't have the room to give them what they need to be able to succeed Mm -hmm. I guess so they'd rather already like solidified player and that's Anthony Mantha and he's been good for (laughs) them so far I from what I heard from like trusted podcast that I listened to the situation with Verona was more like his 
his his contract for next year. Like he didn't have a contract and they were um, worried about having to sign him. And I think Mantha, he signed for a couple more years. But yeah, Mantha's yeah. always been like a thing in Detroit. Like he's had trouble finding consistency there. So maybe in a... I thought that he did though in the past two years. Like he did find consistency. He was one of their top scorers or at least top, their top goal scorers. Hmm. But I always felt like people they were always wanting more from him but I mean I wouldn't I don't doubt that I think they did but I think because he's like 26 so he is like kind of a little bit older than the core I think they're trying to establish mm-hmm. but I, I don't know I know I felt bad because Dylan Larkin was like he, that's like he's my best friend like yeah, they've been it's a part it. of the game but like he was there yeah I was just like oh my god Dylan Larkin like don't uh- don't are say we, that. Are we going to be that. like a Penguin Slash oh, Detroit absolutely. podcast? Yes. Like this will as <laughs> let us get out of this hellhole that is like playing the same eight teams again. And so I don't feel like distraught Dying. watching hockey and I will be watching the Red Wings as soon as possible. They're like, they're difficult. They're difficult to play. They're not very good, but like no. they're a tough out. Is there anyone that you know, made moves that you're now scared of? Like, who is, like, making you, like, take a step back, start wondering what's going on over there? Boston. <laughs> because Yeah, I was going to say, Boston's definitely on my list. Like, getting Taylor Hall? Because <laughs> they have a second line now. It's not just the first line. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. And they're getting healthy, too. McAvoy's back. Like, I don't like it's this. It's gross. Because I was like, okay, the Penguins can play Boston because they've been really, really bad lately. Um, before the trade deadline. But they won, like, six in a row before they lost to um, mm-hmm. Buffalo. So now I want to play them. Yeah. it's It's disgusting. I will say... Obviously, I would have wanted Hall to go to the Panthers, but I think the Panthers are very interesting. Um, Boston, like Chrissy said, the Islanders scare me. It's just like, (laughs) I don't like it here. Like, I don't like it here. And I mean, I don't watch a ton of their games, but like Toronto, I'm not like feeling where they are in the standings. And then, of course, out West, like Colorado, Vegas are a little bit scary to me. So I don't know. I know that Colorado didn't make like a ton of moves and neither did Vegas. Well, I know that Vegas was in on Hall, but they were like, Hall was like, no, I don't want to go out West. He He was like, I want to go to Boston. He wanted to go to Boston. All right. So moving on to the Penguins. So right now they are second in the East, even though for a short period of time yesterday, they were first in the East. And they have a record of 31, 14, and 3 for 65 points. And since we last recorded, they've gone 4 and 2 with a shootout loss to Philadelphia, um, a win against Buffalo, a loss against Buffalo, and three wins straight against the Devils, which is honestly mind blowing, even though the 7 to 6 win was a disaster. But they still won. (laughs) (laughs) They still won that game. So we have some bright spots. So the the JJJ line, that's what I'm calling them. So Jeff Carter acquired um, at the trade deadline, Zucker and McCann. I feel like that has been like a bright spot. Evan Rodriguez, Cappy's back. 
And then Cody CC, who Danielle, who Danielle wrote, I can't believe I just wrote that. So like things are going well for the Penguins. Yeah, things are definitely going well. I want to get your take on, like, let's start with Jeff Carter. So Mm -hmm. when the Penguins acquired him, we were not huge fans. Um, It was a move. Uh, (laughs) So I want to get your opinion. This is the first Ron Hextall, well, I guess the first, well, to me, Friedman doesn't really count. First major move. Yeah, this is the first major move. What do you think? I thought that he... I didn't think he would have like a uh, impact right away because he is older. Um, he does he doesn't he didn't score that much in in LA like the last couple of years, but he's working out well. Like he's actually a center that can play at center, so I thought that was good. I feel like that first game, <laughs> Danielle, you were just like, oh, like you you like what do you think about him? And I was just like, I didn't really notice him, but. I think he's played really well, especially with McCann. Yeah, I felt like, okay, so that first game, I noticed him. And obviously, he didn't score. But I just felt like his speed was very noticeable. I was not expecting that. I know a lot of people have said that Jeff Carter, he's he's a good skater. I just was not expecting him to be that fast. I mean, <laughs> everyone says the same thing about, like, or everyone Marlo. said the same thing about Marlowe. And so I was expecting, like, nothing. And... I will say he has definitely um, surprised me. I thought that he should have scored in his first game. I just felt like he was in so many different spots. And then finally, he was able to score, I think, in his fourth game with the Penguins. Um, So, yeah, like, what a surprise. Like, it's just crazy because, like, he changes the Penguins lineup for the better. You know what I'm saying? Like, he definitely, like, now McCann is solely on the wing. I think that he looks good with the McCann and Zucker. We have center depth. When I was like putting this together, I was just like, we have Crosby when Malkin comes back, Crosby, Malkin, Carter, and then Bluger. Like if we have yes, if we have that Bluger line on the as the fourth line, like are we? Yeah, good? like I, we haven't had that center depth in a while. We have not had that center depth. Like, and here's the thing: I'm not gonna say that I think the McCann Carter Zucker line is like the Benino line. I'm not gonna say that, but I'm not gonna not say it. The Penn broadcast, they're they're there. Oh, they're yeah, they're there. I mean, if this line keeps playing like they are, then yeah, I'm gonna be like, if they can give us uh, the HBK moments, I am all for it. Um, my only, like, hesitation is that, you know, a lot of, I've seen a lot of people say, and when I say a lot, I mean two, (laughs) say that when Malkin comes back, you keep that McCann-Carter-Zucker line together. And while I don't necessarily disagree, I just can't help but think, like, okay, well, then who goes with Malkin and Kapanen? And... I mean, if they can create their chemistry that they had before, then who cares who's on their line? Mm -hmm. But I just feel like what's good about Crosby's line and this Carter line is that all three people on that line contribute. And all three of them make plays and can score goals. And, you know, I just don't want Malkin's line to be weakened by that. Yeah, which, I mean... 
he always gets at the end of the day. <laughs> like, was listening to a podcast and they were like, yeah, remember when Malkin, because the HBK line was so good, Malkin had Scott Wilson on his, his wing. And I was just like, yeah, I do remember that. And I remember being so fucking disgusted. Like, oh, I remember, man. and I liked Scott Wilson. And then I ended up, like, not turning on him, but I was just like, get him off <laughs> Malkin's line, please. <laughs> so that's my only hesitant is that like who do you put on his line I mean I like Evan Rodriguez of course I do I don't know if I like him enough to be in the top six but if it shakes out that way with that McCann Carter Zucker have to stay together like what do you do I know people have also said Tanev but like Tanev's I think um Hexall said that Tanev's not coming back before the playoffs well I guess I wonder if you bump um Evan Rodriguez to the Carter line and then you put either McCann or Zucker with Malkin when he comes back. Because I feel like um, Evan has kind of earned it with this play. Mm-hmm. Because uh, because we can't play the fourth line what it with what it is. And I noticed that they were putting Evan Rodriguez, he was getting shifts with Carter and Zucker and he was kind of all over the place because the fourth mm-hmm. line was unplayable. So I wonder if maybe that's what Sullivan's thinking. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I don't think it's set in stone that this line is going to stay together. But my only thing is that if you want this line to stay together, what happens to Malkin? And I know people can be like, well, he's not playing right now. Maybe if he st- should stop getting hurt. But also, here's this. I love him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm in love with Evgeny Malkin, so I want him to be prosperous. So it's it'll be interesting. I do agree with you that, like, Let's see, like, let's put McCann up there or Zucker. I think I'm more partial to McCann on Malkin's wing just because I like that last season when it was McCann, Malkin, and Rust. So I would not be opposed to seeing him with uh, Kapanen and them. I think that they can build some chemistry. But I do also agree with you that I think Rodriguez has earned a right to be in the top nine. Yeah, he definitely has. <laughs> like, they were like- literally playing him all over the place. Because he's such a, like, he's like a Switch Army knife. And I can I just say, when the Penguins got him from Buffalo, Nobody liked I was very excited because I like Evan Rodriguez. He didn't, I feel like, didn't get a fair shake in Buffalo, which I feel like so many, it's like so many players don't. So when he went to the Pens, I was really excited, but they had so much, they already had so many players, like, in the lineup. I mean, we had Dominic Simone. We had Dominic. There was another Dominic. Cahoon. Cahoon. Like, it was just hard to have all these depth players and then give uh, Evan a chance. But now they have. And I just feel like he's taking it and he's running with it. And he's such a sweet guy. So I'm excited um, for him. And, uh, yeah, I would not hate having him in that top nine. And then if you have him in that top line that top nine, you can put that fourth line of Bluger, Zach Aston Reese, and Tanev together. And that's very nice. That's very nice. That's so exciting. Like, that's so exciting <laughs> to have a fourth line that is that good that you can actually play for more than five minutes. Yeah. Amazing. Like, that's it. And, like, we, the, the Penguins rest. have not had that in so long. Dare I say, since the 20... 
1516 when uh, Matt Cullen was on that fourth line. When, and like, I don't think Matt Cullen was like amazing the next year, but he was amazing the first year. Yes. And yeah, like they have not had that in so long. And I just can't help but think like, you know what, Jim Rutherford? Thank you for leaving. Thank you yeah. so, so very much. Like, yeah. Like, he did us a favor. Jeff Carter was actually a really good move from Hexall. And I remember people were kind of just like, oh, why would yeah, they get was Carter? Like, what? Yes. Like, why would they get yes. him? And they're like, oh, like, Hexall only gets his old people that he knows. And it's like, I mean, what? yeah, he knows him. He knows he's not a scrub. <laughs> like, he can play. Yeah. Also, like, can we, I was so, like, annoyed with the whole, like, oh, my God, Carter was a flyer. It's like, Carter, I mean, like, yes, he was a flyer. But, like, if you're a newer fan, like, you you think of Carter with the Kings. That's where he won his cups. That's where, like, everyone thought he was going to retire. So do we really need to go back to that Philly, uh, Pittsburgh rivalry? And then <laughs> yes, like asking Carter, they're like, Oh, how is it going to be to play with Sid and Mulkin? Like, he was like, I'm obviously like, gonna play with, like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Like, what do you want him to say? Like, like, just like these God. people are adults. If it was Giroux, know, it's... then we could like, you know, let's get in there. Giroux has played on team Canada with Sid. And he said that once you play with a guy, it's different. They're not, they don't even have that rivalry like Aww. that anymore. Yeah. Other penguins, I think. Should he be? <laughs> other penguins that have been doing good. So we have Cappy, who played. I don't remember which game he came back in, but I do remember being like, oh, he is zooming out there. And then. New Jersey. The first one? The 5 to 1 win, I believe, yeah. Oh, no, 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 one. the 5 to 1. Okay. And then yeah. Cody Cece, Danielle's new love. Like, let's talk about it. No, uh, this okay. Here's the thing: you've talked about Cappy and Cody CC twice already, and you've talked like I'm not in love with Cody CC. I'm just saying he's been a bright spot. He has. <laughs> like I mean, he had like, and then like I was listening to the broadcast, and they were saying that he has like 16 points, like in the last couple of games, like what? just offensively in like the month of March to now, he's like 16 uh, points, and I just. I'm, I'm like, that's, credit. I never expected that. And I love this meme that I sent to you, Christy, but <laughs> I'll retweet it off the podcast account so you can see it. But it's like, um, Ottawa Senators fans, um, and least fans like crying. And then the pens are like, he's Cody CC scored again. <laughs> like, he just keeps scoring for us, which like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to gloat because I feel like CC could turn into a pumpkin at any time. So I'm just gonna say I'm very happy. It's a big surprise. It's a bright spot for sure. And um yeah, and the fact that CC and Matheson are playing well together allows Pedersen yeah, and Marino. Marino. I can't believe I blanked on John Marino's <laughs> name. But it's it allows them to play together. So let me actually in the last game, I wanna see how many like time on ice. Like was Marino the third pair or the second pair? They were the third pair. Wow. They got third pair minute minute. Look at their last couple of games. And in this one, it's so interesting because they played Pedersen and Marino as the second pair and Matheson CC as the third pair. And Pedersen and Marino were out for two goals against. So that's it's a little concerning to see that this second pair, this third pair, this pair isn't doing as well as we would have hoped. Yeah. 
because that was going to be like maybe they maybe it's depending on the matchup he switches them so like if if it's against a team like Jersey or whatever he plays Matheson and CC more and against like better competition maybe he's playing uh, Marino and Patterson but you just said that they had like Let the two goals against in a game that they lost 7-5 this is a 2-1 win against the Islanders let's see Pedersen Marino as the second pair but Pedersen has been getting 14 minutes uh, in those last two games he's gotten 14 Marino had 19 Matheson and CeCe had 18 minutes now that's mostly because Marino and Pedersen and CeCe get special special teams minutes and Pedersen doesn't seem to be getting any special teams uh, time on ice so in this one where the Penguins won Pedersen and Marino were out for no goals against. Yes. So maybe so, that's um, so always nice. thinking. Since I brought up kind of something that's not, like, a little concerning, is there anything about the Penguins that, are, that you're seeing that's concerning to you so far? Um, I was going to I was gonna mention Jari and just, like, in the game against New Jersey in the mm-hmm. third period, he was not good. But it seems like in not the 5-1 win, but the 3-2 win against the Devils, he was a lot better. Like, I think I think that third period, he got a little ambitious with the puck handling. Yeah. So, I think as long as he doesn't do that, like, I think they'll, they'll be good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that's fair to bring it up. It, it was a terrible period for him. And I will say that kind of brought me back down in some of, like, my confidence or yeah expectations with Jari I don't know if I feel confident with the goaltending duo into the going into the playoffs I don't think it's necessarily gonna hurt the Penguins especially against the teams that they're gonna face but I it just I don't know I don't know if I feel like I think either Jari or DeSmith can steal a game for them and I think it's so important when you're in the playoffs for your goalie to steal a game if you're going to get far, I don't know. I don't know what, like, where I am in the world where I'm thinking the Penguins could possibly get far in the playoffs this year. I don't know, but <laughs> it's just a, it's just a little concerning. Like, I wish I would feel a little bit more concrete about the goaltending, mm-hmm. but maybe that's just my insecurities popping I'm tra- up. I'm trying not to feel too hopeful with the Penguins because, like, we're really, really excited about the center depth and just how that's going to look. And the defense seems like mm-hmm. they have whatever system going on working for them. I just I just know with this team, like, when things are rolling, all of a sudden, like, the bottom will just, like, fall out under you. So I'm trying yeah. to, like, yes. temper, like, my expectations and how excited I'm getting about the team. Because all three things are never going to click at once. Like the defense, the forwards, and the goal pending, they almost never all click together. That's very true. So I'm trying not to, I'm trying to be level-headed about this. <laughs> <laughs> but kind of moving into the playoffs, like the Penguins are definitely going to make the playoffs. So there are three possible teams that they can play. So we have... The Caps, the Islanders, and the Bruins. And Danielle kind of asked me this on Twitter, and I didn't really give her an answer. So, like, who who would we want to play in the playoffs? So we have the Capitals, whose record against the Penguins are four losses, two wins. 
Um, the Islanders, whose record against the Penguins are five losses, three wins, and the Bruins, whose record against the Pens are four wins and two losses. So, who, who would you rather play, Danielle? I don't know. Like, I can the answer be no one? Yeah. Like, I don't like this question. I don't <laughs> like it at all. And it just is so, like, all right, I'll tell you, like, absolutely, I do not want to play the Bruins. I do not want to play the Bruins. Um, they're four and two. And this was before they got Taylor Hall and they got people got healthy and they got Curtis Lazar, who is a good depth uh, player for them. And then I think Mike Riley, who's a good depth defenseman for them. And then Tuka Rask is probably coming back. So it's like the, the Bruins scare me. I do not. They're a bad matchup for the Penguins. Want to see them play. Yeah, they're a very bad matchup for the Penguins, especially just everything that's kind of clicking for them right now. The Capitals, I don't want the Penguins to play the Capitals because, like, I just... <laughs> it's exhausting. Like, I just, I'm so tired. Yeah, I'm just so tired of playing the Capitals. And these games are always so... Like, they're so exhausting. And, like, I don't know why I put so much meaning into these games. <laughs> it's just, like, this, to me, is a rivalry where it's, like, I want the Caps, like, destroy. Like, I don't want them to have any hope. And Tom Wilson, <gasps> and it's just like all of that. Daniel Sprong would go on like, his revenge I don't tour. want to see it. Oh, absolutely. And and that's the thing is that like when Daniel Sprong does go on his revenge tour, I would have to humble myself because that was a boy that I I was dying to see on the Penguins on Malkin's wing. Like I wanted that so bad. I was like, listen, they're gonna give Jake to Sid. Fine, but give Sprung to Malkin. Like, give me this. And they didn't. They didn't. They let him go for nothing. And the Caps picked him up. And now he's doing really well for them. And, like, I'm happy for him. Because I really like Daniel Sprung. I think that he's just, like, he's outrageous outrageous on Instagram. But I just, you know, he just got so much flack in Pittsburgh that I couldn't do anything but want to support him and see him do well. So, then you have, uh, and then like the storylines of this matchup with like Justin Schultz and Carl Hagelin, Hagelin being back. Like it's just it's Connor Sheary. Uh, like <laughs> I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I do not want to see it's it. So unfortunately, much. this leaves the Islanders. Yeah. Because it's like I don't, I can't, I don't want the Penguins to play the Bruins. I can't physically make it if the Penguins play the Cabs. <laughs> And so it would have to be the Islanders, even though I hate them playing the Islanders because I automatically go back two years ago when the Islanders beat them in the playoffs and then um, they swept them and then. um, And they got What's his name? Oh. Yeah, I know. But what's his name? Matt Barzell was like, oh, the Penguins. Like, we, like, I I just, I (laughs) hate. he should be a Penguin. He should be a Penguin. I would love if he was, but I hate, like, I don't want to see Barzell happy. And I know that he's him and Jordan Eberly and like, uh, and like <laughs> Kyle Palmieri and like. Former Devils? Oh, just, no. Enough. And you know they're going to have a time because Devils players always, I know the Penguins just beat the Devils, but I still don't believe it. So you know that the Devils are going to get their revenge. It's just unfortunate that, like, to me, my thought process 
I guess the Islanders, but I don't really want it to be the Islanders. What about you? I, I literally went through each team. <laughs> it gave my grievances, so, so I'm sorry. So what I wanted ideally was like the Rangers to somehow make the playoffs against, and like the Bruins could be to be out of the playoffs, so the um, the Peng- Penguins can play them and possibly beat them. But I think I'm gonna have to agree that. I would rather the Penguins play the Islanders. Oh my god, <laughs> you're being so smug. I would rather the Penguins play the Islanders since it doesn't look like the Rangers are going to make the playoffs. Um, because it looks like we kind of have their number. Because I think the three the three losses that the Penguins have against them were kind of towards the beginning of the year where they were kind of struggling. So I guess the Islanders, but I'm not happy about it. I don't think that the Penguins are going to get the top spot in the division. Yeah. I don't know if the Islanders are either. So it seems like they'll end up playing each other. Who knows? Anything could happen. Let me see. Okay, so real quick. Let me pull up the teams that the Penguins have to play, the Bruins have to play, the Caps, and the Islanders. All right, so the Penguins have to play Boston twice, Washington twice, Philly twice, and the Sabres twice. That's not so bad. Like, ideally, I would want them to go 6-2. and two. <laughs> But I feel like if they go four and four, maybe with like a couple overtime losses and that could help pad them. I think they're still in a good spot to stay second in the division. Yeah. Let's see. So Boston has to play Pittsburgh twice. Oh, my gosh. They have to play Pittsburgh twice, Buffalo twice, the Devils twice, the Rangers twice, and then New York and Washington. Once. That's not fair. Or the Islanders and Washington. Once. Get that sort of schedule. So they have six games against easy opponents that they're going to win. Yeah. I think I think the Devils play them really hard. Well, the Devils play everyone hard. But I think the Devils play them really hard. Yeah, the Devils do. The Devils have been really bad. Like, yeah, that's really... true. That's true. And Buffalo won against them yeah, yeah, the last time. So, I don't know. Anyone can beat anyone in this league. It truly, truly, it can be anyone. Uh, let's see the Capitals. The Capitals have the Islanders, Pittsburgh twice, the Rangers... Philly twice and Boston. That's kind of a that's kind of hard for them. I mean, not really. I think the Rangers are gonna give it up easy, because the Rangers never take care of teams I need them to <laughs> take care of. They're like, oh, uh oh, we lost, Oopsie. and I'm like, <laughs> in regulation, and they're like, yeah, oh, sorry, <laughs> uh oh, it's like, <laughs> sorry about it, I hate you. And you already know that game against the Islanders is gonna of go to course. overtime. Um, I. I'm not confident in Philly winning <laughs> to keep they, it out. They might. So. they might want to play spoiler a little. They might, but like, I, like they might, but it's like, I don't know if they can. Like they might want to win, but I don't even know Aww. if they can win. It's just been really bad for them. Um, and then the Islanders have Washington, the Rangers twice, Buffalo twice, New Jersey twice, and then Boston. Man. That's like, that's, they're going to go six and two. <laughs> And, the, and it's probably going to be six. It's going to be seven, one, and uh. one. Oh, uh, that's so annoying. <laughs> that's so annoying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We don't really talk about this. But, like, if it looks like we're going to have to play the Islanders, which is kind of what we best case scenario. But do you think home ice is going to matter this playoffs since there's not that many fans in the building anyway? Yeah, I do. I think that 
I mean, I remember when the Penguins just allowed more, like, allowed fans in their building. Even Kapanen was like, it was only 2,000 fans. It felt like it was 20,000. Like, just hearing our fans, like, root for us was just so important and so much needed. So I think it will. But then again, with, like, against Boston, against Washington, against the Islanders, I don't know how much that matters, but I do think it matters to the players. So, Because I was just like, well, if if we're against the Islanders either way, like, is home ice going to be that big of a difference? Oh, I think that they need to not be in the Coliseum. Oh, oh yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah, just is like, building. yeah. So. And they just were so bad in the Coliseum two years ago. Like, I would prefer I not to. hate Long Island so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Phil. Do you have anything else you kind of want to bring up for the Penguins to wrap it up? I hope they win. <laughs> Good luck to them. Um, that's it for us this episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe tell a friend and if you really like this episode do us a favor and give us a five-star review if you're listening on itunes so you can catch us on twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick come say hi and we will see you next episode bye bye